Welcome to the Southside Show. I'm your host, Artie Jones III. Each week, we shine the spotlight on the Southside's rich culture and colorful history, which has a global effect on faith, economy, politics, and technology. The Southside Show will introduce you to talented individuals, visionary leaders, innovative entrepreneurs, and game changers that make a Southside strong. Our guest today is a community leader in College Park, Georgia. She's a recipient of several awards to include the Rice Awards for Education, Special Recognition Award by the Clearly College Park Development Authority, and the Business Beauty Women of Excellence Award, just to name a few. She's a professional stylist for 16 years, and she's the founder and executive director of the Motherless Daughters Foundation, a local 501c3. I'd like to introduce you to and welcome Rosalind Rawls Uter to the Southside Show. How you doing, Rosalind? I'm doing great, Artie. Thanks for asking. Okay. Well, thank you for being a guest on the Southside Show where we highlight the great things that's going on in the South Side. Could you tell our South Side Show guest a little bit about yourself and where you're from and kind of how you ended up in the city of College Park in the, uh, on the South Side? Most definitely. Thank you for having me today, by the way. Okay. And I would like to start out that I started out, I guess that you call a military brat. I was born in Italy, in Vicenza, Italy, on a military base where my father served in the Air Force. And so we traveled quite often okay. as you. We have traveled throughout Panama, South Carolina, um, New Mexico, California, and then we resided and he retired in DC. Okay. And so um, my roots have always been Mississippi because of my grandparents both being reared from there. I found myself there every summer and loved it. So my love for Atlanta was not far-fetched okay. when I decided to move here after attending college at Jackson State University. Okay. And so I decided to um, switch gears from being a biology major um, into going into um, cosmetology, uh, which I knew was a first love, you know, ever since I was young. And so moving here, um, I decided after a couple years to open my own business, which is Exclusive Hair Studio and Spa, which I started right here in College Park on Roosevelt Highway. Stayed there for about 10 years and decided to open a bigger facility to help, you know, service not just um, clients but also staff. Okay. Giving them opportunities to come in underneath my wing and then also grow into their own businesses. Okay. It's something that I, is, you know, very near and dear to me. Um, I also decided to start the foundation at that time, moving right there on Main Street, College Park which I think I met you at the time. Right. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I have actually um, just been um, very inspired with helping young ladies throughout the organization um, of Motherless Daughters, which birthed from that building of me having my business from downstairs and having Motherless Daughters upstairs. Later, I decided that I needed to, uh, with the growth, to divide um, and give it its own space. So we relocated on Phoenix Boulevard with the foundation and my business is also off of West Fedfield Road. Okay. So I've been in business now for 21 years. Okay. And so I'm, you know, basically I love to do what I do. I love to make um, individuals feel beautiful, whether it's female, male, or child. Okay. Um, that is something that basically truly inspired me and I love giving back. Okay. Well, what what type of obstacles did you have to overcome when you were opening up your business? Hmm. Um, 
<laughs> I think some of the obstacles were just learning and psycho because as I said, I was maybe in business maybe for about Did three you have years. a mentor? When I first started, I had a mentor but I had relocated here. So okay. my mentor was Tony and Tina Brown. They're located in Jackson, Mississippi. Okay. Um, and so they were my mentors in my business part. When I moved here, I actually learned to reconnect with the mentors after I started the nonprofit sector. It was something that was very new to me and dear to me, but mm -hmm. I knew for it to be a success, I needed to have strong individuals to be in place of where my weaknesses were. Right, okay. So the mentorship with me started, um, I would say Zanona Clayton, um, who is the founder of the Trumpet Awards and also she has her foundation Zanona Clayton Foundation has mm -hmm. been a great mentor, sort of like a grandmother kind of mentor as well. Um, and then also Myrna White, um, I would say, has been involved with me with the foundation probably from the very beginning. We actually started out with aviation and I would say Mercedes Millen. Okay. Those have been some great mentors in my life. All right. Now let's, let's move over to the Motherless Daughters Foundation. Um, talk to me about the Motherless Daughters Foundation exactly what it is that you do, mm -hmm. what inspired you mm -hmm. to start the Motherless Daughters Foundation, okay. and then what are some of the qualification for the, the young women that actually participate in the program? Okay, so our mission with Motherless Daughters is to provide services and um, for young ladies who had um, obstacles dealing with the unforeseen circumstances of their mother. So some of our individuals um, that are in the program they may have a mother and that mother is struggling as well. And so we try our best to make sure that we um, give attention to that mother as well. In the program, she's going through obstacles. Um, so when we say motherless, it doesn't always necessarily mean a child without a mother. So right. I think that misconception. So what we like the motherless part of the term motherless daughters to come in, missing motherly attributes. Okay. So it can be a mother that's just not good with, you know, directing their child into um, going into uh, secondary education, you know, giving her, um, you know, direction with career paths, because if you don't know, you can't show. So we believe in making sure that we give that opportunity to our youth free of charge in not just a one-time thing, but a year-round program. We keep the young ladies in the program for the duration of the being in school until they graduate. And then we also make sure that they have scholarships to attend, whether it's a college, university, or a technical. We make sure to support them. So we are a STEM-based um, organization. And like I said, my drive to help others is what inspired, but I think when I was partnered with the uh, workforce program, with Exclusive Hair Studio. I've done that maybe three or four years. Notice how the young ladies love to be in the salon working. Right, right. And I said, now, I know everyone in here does not want to be a salon owner. <laughs> so, and that is what inspired me to start pulling in other professionals from other entities and other businesses and companies to come in, which actually worked very well with the girls. Gave them a little bit more exposure. Um, for our young ladies, we like to bring them in as early as nine. Nine, um, okay. Up to? We cut off the time of bringing them in at 16. Okay. The reason we do that, and some people say, why um, you cut it off? 
We want them to stay and get services, but we also want them to be of service What's, as well. I hear you saying services a lot. What are services? So we provide from taking them on flights to trips for weekends. Um, we have done that, um, giving them exposure and been able because of our wonderful partners and sponsors. So Southwest actually would sponsor um, the tickets for our young ladies and we would travel. AT&T has provided technology and STEM services okay. for our young ladies for the last four years. And I would say um, just with our city officials and our dignitaries that are partnering with our organization as well, uh, well, as well as corporations, they have supported motherless daughters to provide these services free with no charge year round for our young ladies. We have a full volunteer base board mm -hmm. and volunteer staff that makes this thing go round. Okay, mm -hmm. so why did you locate the Motherless Daughters Foundation on the South Side versus other areas? Well, one, I felt like um, the South Side, where I was located at that time on Main Street, was known mm -hmm. for the Global Gateway. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was very, um, very important. And I say that because a lot of times you can have things right here in your backyard and opportunities and not knowing of them because they're not spoken of. So with me partnering with um, individuals, I tried my best to partner with those opportunities that were overlooked by our young ladies that were in the program. Mm -hmm. I think also with it being the world's busiest airport, like I said, we started out back in 2014 partnering with the airport, one of our first events, um, was very essential for them to see and know that they can also fly on one of these planes, but not only that, they can also work in the airport or become a pilot. Right. So that was why I think um, the South Side was very near and dear with um, the resources that we had right here for our youth. So how many young ladies do you serve each year in the we program? We usually serve up to 50 young ladies. What we have done is kept in 20 young ladies in our group, um, and that is each chapter. So what we try to pride ourselves on is not so much, I know a lot of people say the quantity is big and it's wow, we did something this big day. But when you're doing something on a yearly basis and you wanna to touch these individuals and be a mentor to them consistently, I understand that that takes a lot of dedication and time. Definitely. So we gear it where we do not go maximum of 20 participants um, when we bring in at a time for each chapter. And that's in our Fulton and Clayton chapter. Okay, mm -hmm. all right. So what are some of the needs of the Motherless Daughters Foundation? Of course, you know, with us providing um, what we do with our young ladies, whether it's clothing, um, scholarships, um, trips, you know, even giving them opportunities for classes and workshops. Um, funding is always something, monetary donations. And that's because we do not ever charge our participants, not even for their uniforms or clothing or lunches, you know, mm -hmm. therefore, uh, we want them to come in with a peace of mind that they can provide, you know, that we can provide everything that they need. We just need their dedication and their motivation to show up. Um, I think also in-kind donations um, okay. are also something that has fueled us um, with the organization. If I can compare the monetary to the in-kind, the in-kind will most definitely outweigh I also say volunteer coming in. We always need volunteers. AT&T has been great with partnering with us for this mm -hmm. long term. Uh, you know, the volunteer, I, I would say that we are actually approaching our 10th year in April. 
and they have probably been with us half that time. <laughs> so, um, you know, the volunteer part, um, Ms. V, who is our volunteer coordinator, is awesome with coming in and making them feel at home and, you know, bringing them in and welcoming them in into our program and making sure that they understand what the needs are. Okay. Mm -hmm. Could you tell me um, about a success story of one of your young ladies that you've worked with? Mm -hmm. So we have <laughs> a couple success stories, so I'll see which one. So we have a success story of a young lady who came in. Um, I tried to be discreet with their business, but um, I would say they came in from a situation that was not good um, at home. And what was her age? I would say when she came in, she was in eighth grade and okay. she was dealing with bully, you know, being okay. bullied, um, being geared into trying to join a gang, found herself really, um, ups, you know, going through a lot as a, a adolescent. As she came into the program and grew into the program, we actually brought in her sisters underneath her as well. And so she was placed almost as a mentee, you know, mentor, I'm sorry, to the mentees of her sisters. Okay. Um, and what we noticed about her is that she strived. She came into a program that was offered with one of our dignitaries, where it was a work stay kind of um, program and go to school. And so she attends Georgia State. Okay. She is about to graduate next year. That's great. Um, she was uh, honored by our governor um, a couple years ago where she was honored as soldier of the year, outstanding soldier of the year, by the way. And that was awesome to see down at the Capitol, to see her do so well with um, National Guard, because okay. she actually went through National Guard with school. Okay. And um, she is basically taking care of herself, paying for an apartment, still working with the city, um, with holding down a job, which she has been doing consistently. When I look at success stories, I look at stories that are still consisting. Um, still, you know, is this consistent with keeping up and keeping us happy <laughs> with the outcome because that is very important to us with us uh, measuring the effects of our program. Okay, well great. Mm -hmm. Lots of times I hear of a lot of, you know, programs in the community for, you know, youth mm -hmm. and a lot of programs are doing some really great things but then usually when the, the children or the young people go back home mm -hmm. to the same environment where the issue is happening that there, there seems to be the, the the youth that you were helping digresses. Do you have any type of services for the parents and those, you know, the grandmother, the yeah, aunts, uncles? That, that was a good question because that has, um, has been a struggle um, in our beginning um, of the organization. We would bring in individuals and believe it or not, um, they would go back home to people that you would think who would support them and they would say, oh, you're stupid for even being in that program. You should be, a why were you, and most of the time it's the shame and you know, right. it's just that taboo thing. You don't talk about what, what we try to make sure, we're not downing mothers at all. When we say motherless daughters, it's not a downer. We want to uplift. So sometimes I think in the early stage before people really understood what we were about, those same individuals came back and actually volunteered so we make sure that they volunteer. They have to sign a contract. Mm -hmm. um, you have to commit, and then you, if you do not commit and you do not help with your youth, whether you know your guardian or whatever, then they will lose their place. Now that has only maybe happened in the ten years, almost maybe twice, okay. which is great because we usually keep an eighty percent retain um, mm -hmm. of our um, our participants. So I think mainly with um, our I would say our guardians, grandmothers, or what have you, 
kinship. I think making them have um, a responsibility, making them also involved in feeling part of the organization has superseded that negativity vibe that we were having before. Um, but it's very important to have them involved. Definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Does your organization track the status of all the young people that come through your program to kind of see, you know, they started as A mm -hmm. and now they're this? Yes, we have an analyst on our program side, Andrea Caldwell, who keeps up with that. She keeps up with, you know, the metrics. She also keeps up with the metrics of our youth. Our youth program director, who is Nicole Ellis, okay. she makes sure of following up. We um, stay very much in communication with our youth. So some things, you know, um, whether it's moving or going back into the system mm -hmm. or what have you, we cannot, you know, um, work that out at times because that is, that is out of our hands. But one thing that I can say is that we strive in keeping communication open and keeping them involved. We try our best to at least do one event or one workshop, you know, just a touch and go at least once a month. Okay. So that, that keeps it sort of nice and tight with our communication and just the relationship. Yeah. I see that I missed a question. How do young ladies become a part of the program in the first place? Is there mm -hmm. some type of referral program? Do you have a website? I mean, how does that mm -hmm. happen? So we do have it um, on our website, whether you want to come in as a participant, volunteer, or sponsor. Mm -hmm. And that's motherlessdaughtersfoundation.com org or dot com we got both of them mm -hmm. <laughs> so both of those websites um, will take you land you right there and how to be involved we also yearly annually have a recruitment season and okay. that recruitment season is when we actually um, go out on social media and we invite people directly referral wise as well okay but we are at the point now where we are approaching our recruitment which is in April so each year around our anniversary, we recruit individuals. We actually had two young ladies to graduate this year and they're attending college. So we have those two spaces open and then we're still growing in the Clayton County chapter. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I know that you're located on the south side and you have two chapters, one in Fulton County, one in Clayton County. Mm -hmm. So is uh, how does your organization, are you looking at expansion in the future into mm -hmm. other areas and how would that happen? Mm -hmm. So our goal is to bring in uh, chapter every two years if possible. It has been challenging the last two years. Um, our next chapter, because of COVID, mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. So our next chapter that we would like to open is in DeKalb County. Okay. We already have uh, partners and um, individuals that have um, been involved with Mother's Daughters from the beginning. Um, and so I think um, with us growing, we're very careful in how we do it because if we do it, we want to make sure that we do it in a manner that same level okay, and same standards as the first two, you know? Okay. Yes. So um, we are looking to expand very soon into our new chapter. Okay. Mm -hmm. You uh, mentioned earlier how you could be contacted as far as referrals, but how, if somebody were interested in actually participating in your program, mm -hmm giving money and everything. I'm assuming that that would also happen online through yes. your website. So if you go online and you go how to participate or how to get involved, it'll have three links. It'll have one for participants to come in. It will have another for volunteers and then one for sponsors as well. 
So we try to make it very easy accessible for you to be able to go on our website okay. to sign up. Mm -hmm. Okay. And finally, um, I heard it's the Motherless Daughters Foundation, but I heard that you recently had a new program where young men were actually invited to participate. <laughs> Could you please tell us about that program and also the upcoming event? Yeah, so this is basically the first time ever we invited males um, with our program. Same age group? Same age group. No, a little older. Okay. A little older. We are actually gearing the aviation program, which is called Youth in Aviation, okay. um, from 9th to 11th graders. And we're doing that simply because uh, of them coming in and being involved with the organization where so they are finding themselves being involved constantly um, at the airport for that week. Everything is going to take place there. Um, they will even show up there to leave to go on their discovery flight, which will be a treat for them at the end of the camp. So it took a certain age range for those um, okay, for that particular activities. Program. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, now it is male and female, as we said, and we're very excited. We have um, First Officer Maurice Mack, who is um, a pilot with United Airlines. He also was one of the creators with OBAP. So he is very familiar with the program with aviation mm -hmm. um, and coming in and giving these youth um, a great opportunity. Hartsville Airport is our title sponsor okay. and partner with this um, program as well. Been very exciting and it's been, been an anticipated um, event. So we're looking forward for it to kick off for this um, spring break camp but it will take place all throughout the year with workshops. Um, on the 23rd, I'm sorry, gotta cut the, <laughs> on the 22nd of April, we will have a ceremony, which will be a pinning event um, banquet for our youth that have completed the program. Okay. So we're very excited about that. Okay, well, great. Was well, there anything else that you would like to leave our Southside show guests with? <laughs> Um, I would just like to say that I'm very um, thankful and grateful for you having me on the show to give me an opportunity to share about the foundation. Um, and if anyone wants to come in, like I said, they can email us at motherlessdaughters.foundation at gmail.com or visit our website at motherlessdaughtersfoundation.org. All right. Well, thank you, Rosalyn. Thank you for all that you're doing on the South Side. Uh, you're a very busy person, <laughs> managing a business, owning a business, and also the uh, Motherless Daughters Foundation. We appreciate all that you're doing here on the South Side, and we look forward to hearing from you with uh, accomplishing bigger and greater things. Thank you. All Thank right. You. All right. And it's a wrap, folks. My time is up. My name is Artie Jones, and I'm the host of the South Side Show, bringing you the latest and the greatest that the South Side has to offer. And if you don't remember anything else, please remember this. Don't, don't sleep, sleep on, on the, the south, south side. side.